Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 296. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading once again. First-time listeners, welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy the show and become regular listeners. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, when landlines will become extinct and why the smartphone watch designed in Australia just for kids and a Mason stoush with Huawei over the P20 smartphone launch. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Fitbit Versa, the affordable BenQ 4K projector, and the luxury Logitech Craft keyboard. And we'll answer all your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Massive show plan, planned for you, so let's dive straight in. Well, it probably comes as no shock that landlines are on the way out, have been on the decline for some time. And the reason behind that, of course, has always been our mobile phones. We were using our devices and the convenience of having a mobile phone with us all the time we're able to answer our calls anywhere. That is one of the reasons why Australians are slowly abandoning their home phone, the landline. Uh, that, that's been the main move. But there is another factor on the horizon that's accelerating that move to extinction, and that's the NBN. There is, uh, has been a, some research done by Finder, the comparison site. They've looked through the Australian Communication and Media Authority data and according to that information, landlines will be nowhere to be seen, extinct, gone, kaput, by 2037. But also by 2021, there will only be 50% of Australians still having a landline. And that's been a steady decline over the years, dropped from 83% in 2011, all the way down to 64% in 2017 and Judging by the way we're going, it'll be down to half. That's 50% by 2021. Still a few people who were still holding on to landlines, you know, people who want uh, just that security of having a line that'll be there the whole time in case of an emergency. One in six, that's 15%, say they've got, say they've got a landline for their internet connection. And 13% are, have, still have a home phone, a landline, but never use it. But a lot of people are unaware that having a line in for your data doesn't lock you into a voice plan. There's a lot of naked deals out there where you're just getting data down the phone line. You don't have to have a voice plan if you don't want to. I think the way the telco set it up is that they give you the option just for a few bucks extra a month, they give you the landline. So a lot of people think, well, why not? Let's just have it in case we need it. But it is moving away, and the NBN is helping do that. And one thing that you need to realise with the NBN is that they're going to remove the copper line for your phone. 
and you'll be still be able to make calls, but they'll connect you using VoIP. That's voice over internet protocol. So it's kind of making a data call over a line, which you can sort of do anyway today. You could do that over uh, using our internet connections, uh, but that is how we're going to connect. So uh, we're going to see a lot less landlines and mobile phones, of course, uh, driving the nails in the coffin there, but also the NBN is also playing its part. So by 2037, that's, uh, that's less than 20 years away, landlines will probably cease to exist. And by 2021, that's just three years away, we're going to be down to half. So declining. We'd be interested to hear whether you've still got a landline. Get in touch with us. Uh, send me a tweet at Stephen Fennec, and that's Stephen spelled with a PH. I'd love to hear your feedback about this. Send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or better still, record a voice bite, V-O-I-C-E-B-Y-T-E, voice bite. It's a free app for Android and iOS. Hashtag techguide. Tell me about your landline. Do you need it? Do you love it? Do you still have it? I want to know. Get on, get on those uh, those areas and give us some feedback. We'd love to play your responses on the next show. If you want to read more about that story and find us findings, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. One of the biggest debates, among, especially among parents, is trying to decide the right age to give your child their first phone. Now, this varies, of course, depending on circumstances, depending on the parents. Uh, it depends on a lot of things. It, it's a decision only a parent can make for their child and knowing the right age when their child is responsible enough to have their own smartphone. Well, an Australian company's come up with a, a, a different solution that will keep uh, be able to allow parents to keep in touch with their children and even track them, but without using a phone but rather using a smartphone watch. An Australian company, MGM Wireless, has just released Space Talk. This is the smartphone watch for kids. It's designed in Australia, developed here in Australia, and about to go on sale through Telstra stores as well. So that's a bit of a breakthrough for the Aussie company. And uh, it, it's likely to spread through to the entire country. The, the, the product, as I said, developed right here in Australia, was created by the Adelaide-based company, MGM Wireless, and it allows kids and parents to stay in touch through calls and SMSs using a device that a child wears on their wrist like just like a watch. So it would have a SIM card in it. It would have a, an All My Tribe app, so that allows you to uh, create a list of contacts and for easily allow you to call mum or dad or, or, a, or another friend. And also there's a built-in SOS alert function as well, which can be set to contact a specified person, whether it's your parent or a guardian or someone. So there's that as well. But the other cool feature is that it's got built-in GPS. It's a built-in GPS tracking, so you know where your child is at all times. So uh, it, it can even be set to uh, with a, a geofencing feature, so that it can, so say you, you, your child's at school and you set that as a geofence or at home, another geofence, so that the parent can actually receive an alert if their child leaves that designated area. So say in the middle of the day, you get a notification, say, oh, your child has left the grounds of the school. You'll think, well, hang on, why is that? And at least you'll know where your child is and you can get to the bottom of that. Even, And it works the other way too. So when they arrive at home, you'll get that notification as well that your child has just entered your home. 
So there's there's that as well. So it's not just about tracking them when they leave those areas. It's also the ability to know when they've entered those areas, those nominated areas as well. Really handy product. And, and I think a, a good halfway product, I should say, I, I, I sort of say, uh, where... It isn't. It isn't a, a, as big a commitment to have a phone than to having this have this watch. The watch allows. It's got obviously very limited functionality that you can use some apps, but it's basically just a, a really easy way to talk, text, and to use the GPS functionality. But uh, a, a great a great alternative for the child who you think may not be old enough to be responsible to look after a smartphone, and and I'm talking like primary age kids, primary school age children, you know maybe seven, eight, nine. Uh, for my kids, they all received their first phones when they started high school. So when they were twelve, was when they got their devices because I thought, well, a they're old enough, b they're they're catching public transport, so they're they're going to high school. And uh, they, that, they were the reasons I, I decided they, that would be the age for them to have a phone. And uh, if, if they miss the bus or anything like that, they can get in touch with me and I can contact them whenever I need. But you think about it for a, for a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, eight, nine-year-old, uh, maybe even slightly older, giving them a phone becomes more a plaything than a, than a phone. It becomes could become an expensive uh, little uh, venture as well because you do need to plan, you need a SIM card in it. No no word yet on how much the SIM card is going to cost for the Space Talk smartphone watch, but I'd say it would be n- not very high at all because it's mainly just talk and text, not using any data at all. So uh, an interesting product. It kind of fills a little gap in the market there where a younger user who, too young for a phone, but uh, parents still want to keep in touch, the smartphone uh, smartphone watch by Space Talk, the Aussie company MGM Wireless, that could be a great alternative. You want to read more about that story, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, Amazim came out last week and started offering the Huawei P20 and the Huawei P20 Pro on plans for their customers. Now, you might think, well, okay, what's wrong with that? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with that. Huawei haven't even announced, at that time, had not even announced the launch date for the phone, which it turns out is going to be in a month's time. May 18 is the official release date for those devices. Very highly anticipated products. Huawei released them, unveiled them in Paris last month. The P20, P20 Pro. P20 Pro has got three lenses on the camera. Uh, it, it's the, the way I've read some of the early reviews from out of the US, and uh, there are people raving about this device. So obviously there's going to be a fair bit of demand. Well, Huawei uh, are now chatting about a Mason jumping the gun and allowing their customers to get hold of the phone. Now, how are they doing that, I hear you ask? Well, what Amazim has done, a little cheeky little move, and completely legal, of course, but uh, cheeky nonetheless, they have are bringing in what they call grey imports. Anytime someone uh, brings in a phone from another country to sell in Australia, that's called a grey import. So usually what a company does is... They optimise devices, test them on the Australian networks. They do all the tests they have to do so they comply with all our rules and regulations and the the spectrum here. And those devices are then backed by that company with warranties and, and customer service, the whole lot. Now, by doing by using a grey import, now there have been companies, and I think Kogan is one of these, you buy a Samsung phone, for example, off the Kogan website, it's actually a grey import. It might be from Dubai or somewhere overseas. 
for use so the customer can use it here in Australia. And I've had many contact, a lot of contact from readers, many readers and listeners who who uh, get into a bit of trouble with this device. It's not working properly. It's a Samsung, for example. They take it to Samsung, and Samsung says, well, this is, wasn't sold by us in Australia, so we can't support a warranty. So you need to go back to the person, the, the company you bought it from, and in this case it was Kogan, to look after any warranty issues. Well, Amasim has addressed this as well, and they're saying that the new... They have admitted they, they are grey imports, so they are in from overseas, shipped in from overseas, but Amasim says that the devices will come with a full two-year warranty and said customers can shop with confidence. The, the warranty will be serviced here in Australia by Amasim themselves, not Huawei. Huawei, being a grey input, are not obligated to offer a warranty on that device because it wasn't bought in Australia. But uh, Huawei replied then to Amasim's move. So Amasim announced in the morning, one morning last week, that they were going to do this. Huawei then got all their got all their ducks in a row and issued a statement saying that the devices, the the official devices designed for Australian customers, will go on sale on May 18. Now these devices are, will all be certified to all of Australia's relevant standards, including warranty, safety software, radio frequencies, so they'll, they'll comply with all the spectrum here. So any network, it'll work properly. Uh, Amasim, though, are still standing by their, their perfectly legal uh, a move here to sell the devices early. I think a smart move on their part, and judging by the, the, the solid warranty they're offering, then uh, I think it's a, it's a, customers are pretty safe to take them up on it. Amasim are offering a 12-month and 24-month finance options for the P20 and the P20 Pro starting at $46 a month. So you can choose to buy the phone outright, of course, and the prices outright will be from Amasim, the $975 for the P20, $1,195 for the P20 Pro. Uh, and on a plan, of course, you can buy them, you can pay them off with those finance options. And if cho- users choose a Amasim SIM-only plan, uh, from Amazing, it will allow it will be uh, eligible for three free mobile plan renewals. So basically, three months free if you decide to go with Amazing uh, if they're purchased before the end of April. So you're going to hear a lot about this device, the P20 P20 Pro. The P20 Pro, as I mentioned, has a three lens camera system and has which includes a 20 megapixel mono sensor. 8 megapixel telephoto lens and a 40 megapixel camera as well. DxO Mark recently named the P20 P20 Pro as the world's best smartphone. Only a couple of weeks after the P the Galaxy S9 uh, Plus t- took that title. The P20's got a 5.8 inch screen. The P20 Pro a 6.1 inch display. And there is still room for a home button as well down the bottom, so you've got your fingerprint unlocking. There is a notch as well, which you can choose to have a notch or not have a notch. You can square it up at the top. That's up to you. Uh, it's a playbook right out of the Apple book there with the iPhone X. Uh, also powering the device is uh, Huawei's own silicon there, the Kirin 970 processor, uh, which includes a really fast face unlock as well, and they do have the fingerprint reader too. P20 Pro, IP67, water and dust resistant, the P20, IP53. So basically you can splash them uh, and you're all good. But if you can't wait, get onto Amasim and check those deals out. But if you want to wait for the real deal, the proper Australian version of this device, then you're going to have to wait till May 18 
when they're going to go on sale through Huawei here in Australia. If you want to read more about that and check out the phone, it's a, it's a good-looking device. You can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. You already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Well, now you can get to know the new Arlo Pro 2 with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, your pets, or whoever's at your front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has a quick charge, rechargeable battery, night vision, and live on-demand streaming. And yes, they are still 100% wire-free and weatherproof. So you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up so you can check in on your home or your business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Tech guy. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Tech Guide. Okay, kicking off the reviews on this week's show is the Fitbit Versa. This is Fitbit's more affordable smartwatch. Now, you, you can recall last year they released the Fitbit Ionic, which was their more advanced smartwatch, I think meant to take on the Apple Watch, which is by far the leader in that category. But I think uh, Fitbit's move here was to create a more affordable device for those customers who didn't want to spend the sort of money that it would take to buy an Ionic or, a, or an Apple Watch, but something that was more entry-level that was uh, a move up from their regular Fitbit trackers. So rather than the wristbands, this device fills that gap where it's affordable, it's got a color touchscreen, and is more a smartwatch than a wristband tracker. And again, it's backed up by Fitbit's trademark tracking. So it can track your steps, your workouts, and also your sleep. And all presented in the, in the brilliant Fitbit app, which has been, uh, I think, one of the best apps for Fitbit trackers, fitness trackers that you can find. Now, the device is uh, pretty impressively designed. It's got a 1.34-inch screen. It's, it's made to be a size, a just-right size, I called it in my review on Tech Guide, a just-right size that'll be suitable for both men and women. Now, for the guys, uh, I found it to be just slightly small for a man's wrist, but that's just me. I think I've got a thick wrist, but uh, others may find it ideal. The women, I think, will find it uh, okay as well. Maybe some may find it, a, find it a tad large, but that seems to be the trend nowadays. Wearing large devices on your wrist uh, ain't out of place. The Versa, uh, again, I thought a little bit small for me, but still uh, not a bad-looking device. It has these nice curved edges and pretty thin, too. It's not too bulky on your wrist, which is always good. You don't want to be carrying around a piano on your wrist. This is pretty thin and pretty light and uh, offers most of the features you'll find on Apple Watch. Not Certainly not all of them, uh, but it can do an awful lot. Uh, it's got a built-in heart rate monitor as well, so you can get your resting heart rate and your heart rate when you're training. You can also, uh, there's a built-in memory, so you can add music to the device as well. You can also track your on-screen workouts and even make payments. That's really impressive. You can make wallet-free payments as well. And this is the biggest claim, I think, for Fitbit. The battery can last for up to four days. We didn't quite get to four. I think the best we got was three and a bit. 
Uh, and that was because we were using it a fair bit. We were getting a lot of notifications and doing a lot of stuff with it and uh, didn't quite get to four. But I think if you had less phone calls and worked out less, which is kind of a, goes against the point of having it, you may get to four days. But still pretty impressive. Three days is even impressive. I think an Apple Watch that best would go for two days. So here they've got four days is ambitious. I think under ideal circumstances, yeah, definitely three and a bit. Uh, but I think three would be about on average. Now, there are the only physical buttons on this thing. There's a button on the left, two on the right. It helps you just go guide through the menus and the apps. And But on your wrist, though, you can see all that information. Rather than having to dive into the app all the time, you can see your daily progress really easily. You can sweep through and take a look at all your info. There's also apps as well that sit on it as well. We'll chat about that in a minute. And don't forget, it's a smartwatch, so it, it's possible to view app, call, calendar, and text message notifications. And I, I tried this with an iPhone and an Android device. It played a lot nicer with the Android device. iPhone connectivity was good. I was getting messages. Some calls were coming through to my wrist as well. Android, everything got through. Android also lets you have these pre-populated uh, message replies. Uh, the If you've got it connected to an iPhone, it doesn't because it's a closed system. It won't allow a foreign product like the Fitbit to do it. Of course, you can do it on the Apple Watch easily, uh, but you can't do that with the Versa if you have it connected to an iPhone. But still, uh, definitely not a deal breaker. It's really easy to use, does a lot that the Apple Watch can do. And uh, one of the things I like about it is it just has this automatic activity and exercise tracking. So if you you bolt out on our house on a run or on a walk, it can tell you're doing that. You don't have to go into the menu, say start now. It just knows you're doing it, which I think is one of the strengths of the product. Really like that. There are 15 exercise modes and, of course, hooks into your smartphone's GPS. So if you want to map your run or your walk, you can do that with a number of uh, compatible apps as well. Sleep tracking. That's been one of the things, my favorite features of the Fitbit, is being able to tell how, not how long, only how long you slept, but how well you slept as well. So it could tell you how your deep sleep, how long you slept, what time you woke up, what time you went to bed, all that kind of stuff. And not only does it give you that info, it also suggests times when you can adjust your sleep schedule to get uh, the right amount of sleep. Sleep's very important, and the Fitbit's got your back right there. Uh, it's also got cardio fitness level to gauge your level of fitness. That's a, a feature normally found in more expensive devices, so really interesting as well. And you can take it for a swim if you love doing laps. It's water-resistant to a depth of 50 metres. can track your laps, your duration, calories burned as well. And uh, there is another, if you're, a, if you're a female listener to the podcast, that you'll be happy to know the Versa has a lot of features for women, uh, including the uh, ability to track your menstrual cycle and how it affects your overall health. Not many products can say they can do that, but now women will be able to easily log their menstrual cycle data, take note of uh, how you're feeling, whether you've got headaches or acne or cramps, and just you can, you can catalogue this information which then maybe can tell you a bit more about your cycle and even can tell you the uh, the optimum times if you're ovulating. So if you're trying to have a child, it'll tell you, okay, you're ovulating now. You'll be doing that till this date. So uh, a great feature there as well for those who want to know when they're the uh, ovulating during the month. Uh, that update's coming. It's not there yet. It'll, it's going to be an update to the app probably in the second half of the year, but still good to know. Uh, ladies, you got this feature all to yourselves, and 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 well, uh, it, it could serve you very well to keep, help keep track of your menstrual cycle. 
the other, the payments I already mentioned. So that's a, a cool thing where if you nearly 40 banks are supporting this. So if you've got American Express, MasterCard or Visa, uh, you'll be able to use Fitbit Pay to uh, make a payment, which is pretty cool. Uh, and of course, the Fitbit app again. The uh, the strength of this product is how well this app can give you all that information at your fingertips. Uh, really handy app that backs up a really cool product as well. Pretty impressive entry level smartwatch there. The Fitbit Versa, priced at two hundred and ninety nine ninety five. There's also a special edition, which has a grey body and an exclusive watch band for three hundred and forty nine ninety five. Also a range of accessories as well. So you want classic leather stainless steel watch bands? They range in price from forty nine ninety five to one hundred and thirty nine ninety five. There it is, the Fitbit Versa. If you want to check out my complete review, you can do that at TechGuide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up, we're chatting about a 4K HDR projector, and in particular, the W1700 from BenQ. Now, what's surprising about this product? There's a couple of surprises about it. Number one, it's not that big. It's actually pretty compact when you compare it to other 4K HDR projectors, but it is also surprisingly good quality, and also very affordable. If I were to tell you, you can get a 4K HDR projector for under 2500 bucks. If I told you that a year ago, you'd think I was joking. Well, no. 2499 2499 is the price of the BenQ Cinehome W1700 4K projector. And we tested it. And I can tell you, this thing punches well above its weight. Now, I have a dedicated home theater in my house. In that, my daily drive, my projector is a Sony 4K, uh, non-HDR, but still very high-quality projector. So I kind of know what looks good coming out of projector. Now, we set up the, the BenQ in the same room, 150-inch screen. Had to have it about 4.5 metres away to, to get the, the throw length to fill the screen. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised at how at the picture quality how well colour is rendered, the black levels, contrast, HDR. We watch a lot of 4K. Of course, every 4K movie you buy on disc has HDR. And the, you know, the that high dynamic range was visible, was easily noticeable. And don't forget, my Sony projector doesn't have HDR. So that's one missing ingredient. But I have to say, looked amazing. Like flesh tones were really pure. Uh, the the colour saturation was just right. There were a couple of different modes. There's vivid mode, which sort of punches up the colour. There's also cinema mode, which sort of t- takes those, sort of mutes the colours a little bit, but also pumps up the black level, which was quite nice. Black levels in general were were good, not not as good as I've seen them on far more expensive projectors, including mine, but still uh, still a very very impressive looking picture. Um, and the the whole we tried it with watch all various kinds of movies, animation, action movies, you name it. We gave it a good review, and each time it was just delivering just these incredibly, incredibly bright, incredibly colourful and accurate images. I was so surprised. And and let's just say the Sony projector that I own costs more than six times what what they're they're asking for this this projector. So I sort of was seeing a, a product of this quality. With HDR10 on board for less than 2500 it was almost like a punch in the guts thinking, wow, you, you can have this sort of quality for an affordable price. 
Now, this is a DLP projector. It's got 8.3 megapixel true 4K UHD resolution, as well as that handy HDR as well to give you brighter whites, even more detail in the blacks and everything in between. Uh, and look, it just rendered really well. Great color rendering. Contrast was good. Uh, the black levels, as I mentioned, not not the best I've, I've seen, but certainly not the worst. So still a beautiful picture to look at. Uh, the other thing I think where it fell down, and this is one of the major strengths of the Sony 4K projector, is its upscaling ability. The ability to take non-4K content and make it look like it's 4K content. And that's what the Sony does that brilliantly. That's one thing I think the BenQ fell down a little bit there where it didn't quite do it for full HD to 4K. Although at the end of the day, we were still looking at full HD that looked pretty good. It wasn't quite 4K, but not a bad attempt. Uh, and of course, if you've got a 4K movie to watch, you can watch it in 4K as well. So if, you, if you're happy with full HD, which is what Blu-ray is, not quite getting to 4K, then that, that's certainly not a deal breaker. The, the worst case scenario is you're still watching pretty impressive full high definition through this projector as well. Uh, there's a couple of modes I mentioned, the vivid mode, cinema mode. There's also gamers mode. There's a gaming mode that allows you that what that does, it reduces the lag from the projector to your console by down to 33 milliseconds, which for a projector is pretty good. Normally, that's one of the weaknesses of playing through a projector. You get that slight lag. So if you're playing online, you want the big picture, you can put it in game mode with the BenQ and still be pretty competitive. Uh, pretty impressive across the board, I've got to say. It, it used to take a lot of money to produce a home theatre and have a, a the quality that we saw with this device, this 4K projector from BenQ. A few years ago, you'd be paying $10,000 for the same sort of quality. BenQ are selling it for less than 2500 which I think is really impressive. There is a speaker built into the into the projector. Of course, what we did, we, we connected it to our receiver, so the sound was going through our speaker system. But the onboard speaker... Kind of shows that BenQ are catering for all kinds of customers. So if you just want to set this thing up for fun in the lounge room you, and you don't have a home theater system, you can still hear the audio out of the projector as well, which is pretty good. The BenQ W1700 4K projector. If you want to read my complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Moving along. Now, the Logitech Craft keyboard... I described it in my story on my review on Tech Guide as a luxurious keyboard. Now, luxury and keyboard aren't normally words you use together. And in this case, I think it's very, very well justified. This is a finely built, really nice keyboard. Logitech have been known for producing really good keyboard and mice combinations. But in this case, the Logitech Craft on its own is a really big deal. I really like it. It's got this sort of this deluxe feel to it. The build quality is really nice. And when you think about how often you use your keyboard during the day, having a device like this almost makes work a pleasure. It was it, it just has a, a beautiful feel to the keys. It's beautifully designed. There's a couple of features there that makes your life a little bit easier as well. Uh, the, the keys are designed. They've got a little spherical dishing to the key, so your finger's designed to land more precisely on the key. There's even a matte coating on each of the keys so that your fingers glide more easily along the surface. And what is even more impressive is that it is whisper quiet. You're typing. Like, I've got the keyboard in front of me right now, I'm typing on it right now, and you can't hear a thing. I'm typing away. It is built 
beautifully so that you couldn't even hear that typing. Really quiet, fluid, still very responsive, but every keystroke is there. You just can't hear it. What is also impressive is the backlighting system. So when you approach the keyboard, there are sensors that can that can detect your presence and the keys then illuminate from behind. And there is even an ambient light sensor to adjust the light, the uh, the amount of backlight based on the your surroundings. So if you're in a really bright room, you obviously don't need a bright light. If you're in a really dark room, it'll pump up that brightness. Uh, so it's also got uh, that, that proximity sensor as well. So when you're coming near the keyboard, the keyboard the, will light up magically in front of you as well. Now, that's all great, but what they've added to is another feature called the crown. Now, the top left-hand corner of the keyboard is like a small knob, and it allows you to program that knob and use it in various various ways. Now, depending on whether you're using Adobe applications or a Mac browser or Safari or whatever other application you got, whether it's Word, you can program this this crown, this little knob, to make things a little bit easier for you. So I'll give you an example. If you're uh, an Adobe, use a lot of Adobe applications. So you can use this knob to adapt brushes, zoom in on images, change the stroke weight. All these things that normally take a few keystrokes, you can now use it with a with a twist of the crown, it also is uh, you can press down and twist the knob, or leave it alone and twist the knob. So it gives you two variations there. It also, if you're using Safari, one of the things I liked is being able to switch tabs. So you can switch tabs on your open browser, and it's also, of course, a volume control. So if you want to just turn the volume down on anything you're watching, just simply twist the crown, and it does that as well. So really interesting how you can adapt this through Logitech's application. You can adapt this, optimize it through their Logitech options software. You can optimize it to suit your needs and what you do. And, of course, keyboard is wireless, connects wirelessly to your Mac or PC. What I like, too, is the fact that they've got a couple of dual keys here. So usually if it's a Windows keyboard, there's only the Windows symbol. But because it's dual keyboard, there are both uh, – Each some keys have two labels on them. So whether you're using PC or Mac, you can tell which is which. So really, uh, that's a nod to know that Logitech thinks that not, not all Windows users are going to use it. Uh, it's, uh, it's also going to be Mac users uh, using this as well. Connects uh, via Bluetooth. Also, there's a rechargeable battery on board. So uh, if you charge it up using the USB-C cable, you'll be able to get about a week's worth of work between charges. And uh, once you see this little red light on the right-hand side flashing, you know you need to give the battery a bit of a charge. Now, uh, no mouse with it. Uh, Logitech already make a pretty pretty nice range of uh, computer mice, so you can pair one of those up quite easily. But the Logitech Craft on its own is a spectacular piece of work. It costs $299.95, which for a keyboard of this quality and for the amount of times you're going to use it, you'll thank yourself about how nice it is. That $299.95 justified because you're getting some tremendous features, amazing quality, and just a pure pleasure to use it. The Logitech Craft keyboard, one of the most luxurious keyboards I've ever used. You can check out our review of the Logitech Craft at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide.
The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Now, public Wi-Fi isn't always safe, but we're all using it and we're not aware of the danger. Without the right protection, your personal information could become public. We've seen a number of vulnerabilities that could allow attackers to intercept data transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Personal information that is transmitted over the internet or even stored on your connected devices, things like passwords, credit card numbers and more, they could become vulnerable. All this personal information can be used towards committing identity theft or, worse still, accessing your bank accounts without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. Norton Wi-Fi Privacy encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private wherever you want to log on. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk, uh, we've got some questions here, and uh, we will we'll accept voice bites. They'll get priority if you want to download the voice bite app, free on uh, app on iOS and Android. Hashtag Tech Guide. Record your 15-second question, so you've got 15 seconds to record. You may even have a little mini review. You might have bought a product that you really like. Hop onto voice bite. Hashtag Tech Guide, send it in, and I'll be able to play that on the Tech Guide podcast. But this week, we've got a couple of people who've sent us some emails, and the first is from a gentleman who was asking, love the 4K TVs, uh, don't really like the smarts on it, don't need to connect to the internet, can I buy a 4K TV without the smarts built in? Well, the simple answer to that is no. You cannot buy a 4K TV that you can't connect. There is some kind of, you don't have to connect it to the internet, but there are smarts built in. That's just the very nature of a television these days. To be competitive with the other brands, it needs to be smart. It needs to be connectable. It needs to be used on the internet to access content, to get information. But in your case, uh, you just cannot buy a 4K TV, especially of the size, I think it's after a 75-inch TV. It's going to be smart. You don't have to use those features, but there is there aren't any cheaper models without the smarts built in. If, you, if I think that's kind of the question he was asking, whether there's a cheaper non-smart 4K TV. Well, unfortunately, no such thing. Uh, moving on to uh, Foxtel, I had one one listener asking how they've got the Foxtel box in their lounge room. How do, can they watch Foxtel in the bedroom? Well. You can get a really long HDMI cable if your bedroom is not too far away from your lounge room, that is. And you can actually uh, you can connect your box and have a splitter so that it goes to one HDMI cable will go to the TV in the lounge room. The other cable will go to the TV in the bedroom. You can do that, and it's possible. You can have your you can have your box and share it over those two over those two cables, and uh, you you've got to then work out how to change the remote control back in the lounge room. I had a similar setup here in my home where I had my my Foxtel box was in my theater. I had a cable to my office as well, so I could snake a cable into my office so I could watch Foxtel. But what I did, though, I did have a wireless remote control system from Control 4, so I could use my phone as the remote. It had a little IR blast near the Foxtel box, and it would then change the channel whenever I wanted. So there was there was that solution. 
the other option would be to uh, to get a product uh, that can uh, uh, an all, there's a product I reviewed a couple of years ago called All for One. It's a a streaming device where you attach one to the transmitter to the box, the receiver to your TV, and it transmits the signal from one point to the other. And if you've got a kind of line of sight, not too far, not too many walls and doors in the way, that will work pretty well. I think my, I had about a 10-metre distance, and it, it actually, apart from the odd bit of delay and buffering every couple of minutes, it, it worked pretty well. So there's that option too. But if you do want to have multiple viewings of Foxtel in various, on various different TVs in your home, and this was another question I had, how do you do it? Well, Foxtel has a new service called Foxtel Now, which is kind of like a Netflix-type service for Foxtel where you can watch live TV, on-demand shows, and you can you can build your packs as you would with a Foxtel box. You can get a movie pack, a sports pack, entertainment pack, build them up, and cancel them whenever you want. So if you only like sport during the footy season, you can only pay for sport during the footy season and get rid of it over the summer, then get it back. So there's that flexibility as well. And you can you can access that through using buying a dedicated Foxtel Now little box, which, which sits, it's not even a box, it's like a little hockey puck that sits under your TV. You get a controller, connect your service, and watch it on the TV. Or if you've got a Chromecast, you can cast from your tablet or, or mobile device uh, to any TV in the house. I think it allows up to five different uh TVs to use one Foxtel Now account, so there's that possibility as well. I've now got, I've cancelled my regular Foxtel IQ3 service, I've got a Foxtel Now in the lounge room, Foxtel Now in my theatre, and I've got Chromecast on two other TVs for those times we want to watch Foxtel uh, on the, uh, around the house. So there's that solution as well, so you're not locked into the box, the box is kind of a, a one set, one one. TV setup where the box is near this TV, you can only watch it on that TV unless you go to a hell of a lot of trouble. Foxtel now could solve all those problems uh, and it could also maybe work out a little bit cheaper for you as well. We've written about all those things. Foxtel now, the all-for-one box and being able to watch your Foxtel in multiple rooms. We've written all about that. You can check it out at techguide.com.au And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, send us a voice bite, hashtag techguide. You'll hear your voice on the Tech Guide podcast if you decide to do that. We hope you do. Or if you like typing better, you can send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks, a special shout-out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.